0: On this edition of Magic Pod Squad, presented by Kia, we catch up with current Magic assistant coach Ty Corbin. He's in his third season here in City Beautiful. He played 16 NBA seasons, and from 1985 to 2001, and four and a half seasons as an NBA head coach. And we go all the way back to his NBA journey in high school, where he was a teammate of the X-Men, Xavier McDaniel. Uh, Two guys that weren't brought up to varsity until their senior years in high school. Think about that. And then his college playing days at Duval before ultimately making it in the NBA where he played alongside the likes of Karl Malone, John Stockton, Dikembe Mutombo, Brad Doherty, some great teams and some great players in the NBA. And then what's it like to work on this staff with Steve Clifford and how this journey has been the last three years getting this magic franchise back to the postseason. And oh by the way, apparently he is a connoisseur of pancakes. Ty Corp wants to get into with the current Magic Assistant Coach on this edition of Pod Squad presented by Kia.
1: This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is
2: Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today.
0: And this podcast is presented to you by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Welcome to Magic Pod Squad, and we are pleased to be joined by current Magic assistant coach Ty Corbin. 16 NBA seasons, over four seasons as an NBA head coach, and now he's on the sidelines with Steve Clifford. And Ty, you know, we we didn't have this uh, a couple of days ago, but we got to ask you about the Cole Anthony game winner. At At the time of this taping, we're talking to you the very next day, so I... That was a great scene. It looked like a a lot of excitement, and uh, it looked like one happy young man after his first game winner.
2: Really excited for him, really excited for the team, and we needed something good to happen after not playing particularly well in the first half. They did a great job in the second half of fighting back and uh, giving Cole a chance to be the hero at the end for us.
0: How much did he enjoy that? We saw the scene in the locker room. We saw (laughs) the scene on the court. I mean, that's – it doesn't get better than that, hitting your first
2: game winner, right? Your first NBA game winner, man. It's super exciting, and um, we are all excited for him. But I know he's really excited for himself. Yeah, no question. Well, lots
0: to get to. We want to get into your NBA career, your coaching career, and, and here with the Orlando Magic. But I, I think everybody wants to know first: How's the golf game? Do you put it? Do you have to put it on pause <laughs> for the whole? I'm struggling
2: season? right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling right now. Is it?
0: Yeah. How about with, JT? You still work yours in though, right? You still get work. Well, yeah, I coach.
3: got a little bit of time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. so, so I'm working on my game, but I but I hear that Ty Corbin is really long off the team. That's
2: no, what no. I hear.
3: I, I went went banged it around this summer with the head coach a little bit, and he was saying that that, that you're in another league from him.
2: <laughs> <No>. Straight <laughs> is better though. Straight, I take straight more than long. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, right. All right, Ty. Ty, I will
1: take- Ty. I want to ask him about his game winner. You had a you had a buzzer-beating shot against the Lakers in your career with Cleveland, right? As time expired,
2: Oh, the tip-in. I was actually finishing up a, a, a ten-day contract at that point. And there was some question whether I would stay or not stay, and that was the I think you know my imagination is that that was the thing that kept me in Cleveland for the rest of the year.
1: Oh, that must have been exciting too. Oh, to get, you get one super in the NBA. Fun. Is that is that your only buzzer-beating NBA?
2: John, I was, I
1: don't
4: know. David, I had, David, I had a first quarter buzzer beater one time when I was 14. Did you? Yeah, okay. We were down, we were down eight and I got a layup at the buzzer. The first quarter. is was great. Yep, I'll, I'll put that on my list. Yes, all time. A, great. Yeah, if you could add that to the list, history. that'd be awesome.
0: Yep. You know, Ty, as you think back, 16 NBA seasons that you played 1985 to, to 2001, I, some unbelievable teammates along the way, Carl Malone, one of them, Stockton, playing for Jerry Sloan. Uh, just as you think back your time in the NBA, what, what comes to mind and what are maybe some of the things you're most proud of with, with your NBA career?
2: Well, the first thing is just the, the uh, opportunity to stay around as long as I did. You know, I came out in 1985, I graduated college, and there was 23 teams in the league at that time. And then from, from the way the game was played in the eighties to the time it was played in, in 2000, 2001, my last year had changed dramatically, drastically. And, uh, to kind of marry the old way of playing with the new way of playing was, uh, was enjoyable, was different. And the three point shot became was beginning to become a big part of the game. And, uh, the style of play had changed a ton from the physical nature of the game to the more, uh, agile, versatile uh, style of play, and, and I just enjoy meeting all the guys, uh, being on teams, and building those relationships that you still have to this day. So that was the most fun part about it.
4: Hi, what, was it Hi, like I, to, what was it like to go against go ahead, Jeff Turner? That's what
2: I, I know. You went against a lot of great players <laughs> right. in your
4: day, right? And I know yeah, you, you know, probably Jeff had
2: some. In, we were both on on uh, beginning franchises, so right. and somebody reminded me the other day of a game that uh, Minnesota had against the uh, Orlando Magic. And I was – I would always get upset at, at, at the guys in Orlando and Miami when I'm in Minnesota and it's zero degrees or minus degrees. We <laughs> come down. Away. So, <laughs> and they have shorts and t-shirts. So, they're riding to the game. You know, very comfortable. We have coated up. I was like, man, this isn't right. So, <laughs> but it was fun. You know, the expansion teams was, was, uh, was a great experience and uh, – I think it was um, us, Miami, Minnesota, uh, Charlotte, and they had Vancouver and Toronto came on later on. But we always looked at each other and say, well, for Minnesota, in a way, to try and, you know, at least we're in the same class those guys because they're beginning where we're beginning from.
1: Ty, uh, I know that go, go uh, you're ahead to be in Florida right now, but uh, you, you you were born, you were raised in Columbia, South Carolina. Give us just a little uh, a little bio of your background. I know your mom was – huge influence, your high school coach, the legendary Carl Williams at yes. AC Flora High School had a big influence on you. Uh, tell us uh, what it was like growing up there. And then uh, you and Xavier McDaniel must have been a pretty good one-two punch at Flora we were, High School.
2: We were high school teammates. Uh, we didn't. We went to different middle schools. He grew up on another side of town than I did. We, we competed against each other in middle school. He went to Olympia Middle School and I went to uh, Creighton. But then we got together in, uh, at AC Flora, and uh, Coach Williams was super, man. He, he was a guy that, you know, X and I, we had actually uh, – we didn't make the varsity until as in primary players until our end of our junior year, maybe our senior year. Um, and X, I don't think, started his, our junior year. You because who we the hell both. was on varsity at that point? Are you was, kidding it me? Was deep, <laughs> it, it was deep, man. We had <laughs> and, uh, we had some guys that could, was big and we were big. Uh, so James Hildebrand was the guy that went to Wisconsin the year before we did, and Robert Brenner ended up playing at Arkansas. So we had some teams that were really stacked. But then Coach Williams really used our experience our junior year when we lost going to the state championship to help us understand what take what it takes to win and the discipline and the uh, team camaraderie, camar- camaraderie and uh, the, uh, the responsibility for your teammate. And it was, it was just such a, a – Great turnaround for us. He was such a great leader, uh, along with my mom and my life, to try to teach you the values of uh, your responsibility as a team member to do your part and help your team get better. And uh, it was such a great thing to see come together. And actually, for, for we get together now and I go back in Columbia, back to Columbia in the summer, and we still talk about that state championship run and, and the team we had there.
1: Ray Meyer, a big influence, too, at DePaul, right?
2: Oh, super. So for all, you know, for a young kid like me coming from Columbia, South Carolina to uh, Chicago, Illinois, to get a chance to play for the legendary coach Ray Meyer at DePaul, who had been there, you know, he's ended up being there 42 years as a head coach. Um, he was just a guy that was well-traveled, well-accomplished, but you could approach him and talk to him and, and uh, loved his players. New the city of Chicago, anything that you wanted to experience, uh, uh where he had the access to get you involved in. He was willing to help you with.
3: I wanted to uh, go back to talking about talking about ex- the expansion experience <laughs> um, when you were in 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 Minnesota. You know what's interesting is, and i probably told these guys uh, stories uh, along the way, but. Expansion is kind of different from your other travels of, you know, changing teams in the Mm -hmm. NBA. Uh, And the reason I say that people may not realize is like you you walk into a organization and there's no hierarchy anymore of players and everything. And so uh, our first year with the Orlando Magic um, practices, practices were wars every day because we were competing You know, just, you know, we were all, I I called us all castoffs from other teams because we weren't protected. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I was signed as a free agent trying to get back into the league, you know, coming from Europe. Um, Was it like that in Minnesota as
2: well? Absolutely. I mean, that was the great part, the fun part about it. And we had a coach in Bill Musselman who was a tough, hard-nosed Maniac with, uh, <laughs> 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 but it was good for us as a as a young franchise. And we, and like, and to your point, we had Tony Campbell come over from the Lakers, uh, who had a little success there. I came in for Phoenix. We had a little success there. Um, we drafted Pooh Richardson from uh, UNL, UCLA. Uh, drafted Rick Mahorn in the Spanish draft, who didn't want to come and didn't end up not playing there. Uh, but then Sam Mitchell and Todd Murphy, those guys were working their way back in the league. Sam was actually his first year in the league coming from the CBA with Sidney Lowe and that group. And, man, you're talking about uh, competition every day because to your point, everybody thought they had a chance to be the guy. And you had to fight for every minute on the floor. And, and the franchise was trying to figure out which direction or who was going to be the guys that they want to build around. And um, it was fun, but it was tough. And uh, we enjoyed competing to be the best that we could be at that time. And uh, I think that first year, uh, we, I know in Minnesota, I think we set the attendance record because the fans in the city were so happy about having NBA basketball back. But then for us, trying to be the best expansion team of the four or five expansion teams at that time.
3: It was funny because when I, uh, when I came back from Europe, um, I went to Minnesota's free agent uh, camp. Uh, so I spent like three or four days. Sam Mitchell was there, sitting, uh-huh. you know, guys just trying to get into the league or back into the league. Ty, we spent three days and we – every morning, muscleman would have us Mus- on the chalkboard. He'd be telling us this is what we're going to do today, you know, with the defensive breakdowns and stuff. We did drills every day. I bet the entire time – we played five minutes – played five minutes of five on five basketball. I was like, what kind of tryout is this? Like, what can is that the way he was though? I mean, it's like I was like, and this all is the drills had to be
2: a hundred miles an hour. I mean, so, <laughs> so we would we wouldn't play a lot during practice, but man, you had to run full court dummy offense, full speed every time down and back.
3: That's what That's we great. did in a in a free agent tryout camp. We we knew all the plays, yeah. but we never, never did the played. plays. You've <laughs> five- <laughs> got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. you
0: JT took the first flight to Orlando the very <laughs> <Yeah>. next <nice. Smart> one. <laughs> smart. Yeah, smart Smart guy. All
3: of us. Huh? <laughs> hey
0: Ty, you told it you told I was able to catch up with you yesterday. You told me a great story about uh first of all how you got to Minnesota, but you were on a very good Phoenix team. That was a Phoenix team that had gone to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. You played the Los Angeles Lakers uh, who would go on to play against the Pistons, but um, you know, there was a, you thought you were going to be there, right? I mean, that was kind of a surprise to even be in Minnesota because you guys had some success in Phoenix and I'm I'm sure you thought you were going to make a run at it again the next year.
2: Absolutely, you know we had that run finished the year, and uh, I actually talked to. We knew the expansion draft was coming on, and uh, I talked to Cotton Fitzsimmons. And that year, we we drafted Tim Perry, Dan Marley, and Andrew Lang, and they were the young guys. And he said, "Well, um, we we had couldn't put those guys on unprotected list, so we we were going to put you on, but we we're going to cut a deal to not have you drafted." And so, my wife, we put it down. I actually put a down, payment to, to buy a house to come back the next year. I was going to sign a contract that summer. And just before the draft, he called me back and said, hey, they won't take the deal. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> so, no, and, uh, man. It, it, it was disappointing, but we were really – that team was, you know, Kevin Johnson, Mark West, and myself had gotten traded from uh, Cleveland to Phoenix. And the year before, the year we went one fifty five won 55 games, we signed Tom Chambers that year, that summer, Eddie Johnson was on the team and, and uh, we were really coming along, man. It was a good group of guys. So I was looking forward to having a great run with them and end up in Minnesota. But you know what? It all worked out. Um, I missed the opportunity of continuing to work to uh, have a chance to compete for a championship earlier, but um, you know, Minnesota was fun. I, Ty, what is
4: it like you had such a long career, but, but you, you know, you had four seasons in Atlanta and three in Toronto and three mm-hmm. in Minnesota. What is it like to bounce around like that for so for so many years that's got to be tough for you and your family and, and, and
2: everybody else you know it was very uh difficult for a while so as i said when my wife and i started having kids it got to be more difficult when they got in school with you know to go into school and so we we decided early on after we had our son and then we wanted to have another kid and we kept waiting and she said we uh my boss said we need to be a little more stable so we need to wait and so we win. To- <laughs> yep, we all got the code there. We we all yeah, have the same reaction, house. Yes. We got you. We have, we, got you.
4: <laughs> we have those battles, you know. Yeah, yes, yes, was, yes. Battles. No, we, there's no battle in my house. That's <laughs>
2: it's a, a one way street. <laughs> one way
3: street. Yeah,
2: for sure. It's a one way street. So, but anyway, four years are going by. We said, look, um, you know, we were trying to have our son Tyrell. We ended up having our son, Tyrell, and now we we're in Minnesota and we we're going to Utah. And we said, look, these kids need to have – they're going to need to have a place to stay to call home. So we went back to South Carolina, bought a house. And, and so we always used South Carolina's home base. And where I played at was kind of where we worked at. And they would start school as they got older there the first nine weeks and then move over. Because we didn't – in the older days, you didn't start camp till uh, early October and then – the first game would be the first of November, so and they could start the first night with the school in, in August, and then get their grades and transfer over when I got out of camp. So, kind of worked out that way. But it was tough as you got a family.
1: Uh, I know that uh, Ty, you married your high school sweetheart, and mm-hmm. uh, you, you uh, your son uh, has had some success playing basketball. You've got a great family. Uh, your wife must have put in a lot of a lot of hard work through the years to keep all that all that rolling we can all relate to that can't we fellas? yes <laughs> yes
2: she, she did a super job it's amazing the, the amount of stuff that they have to deal with when we're gone so much but uh i always say that's why we married them go you know?
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Thank, thank goodness they chose to to do the same. Hey, so Tyrell, so he played a uh, he played a little bit in the G League. What? Give us a, a a little update on on where he's at and his his basketball story.
2: Well, he's actually right now looking to tag on with somebody. He's uh, he's been home because this COVID thing has kind of slowed things down for him. But he's been been traveling all over the world. Actually, he played in Montenegro, Indonesia. China a little bit, uh, the G League, a couple of years. So he's still trying to chase it, you know, having fun playing ball. And it's fun to see him chase his dream, and it's part of what my career has been about. So as long as he's enjoying it, I'm uh, happy for him to uh, kind of keep pursuing it. No
3: what kind of basketball dad is Ty Corbin? Just are uh, uh, hands-on <laughs> <arguing>. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Hands you? Huh? You sit see... in the stands and you're quiet yeah. or, when yeah, he was yeah, growing yeah. up?
2: I get on the referees a little bit. I stay away from I used to stay away from the kids. <laughs> okay, fair I learned early on. I seen so many guys and I heard and I coached a little, you know, at the time. So my kid, when Tyrell was playing high school ball, and I've seen so many stories, uh, so many uh, examples of how not to be with kids. And uh, I just kind of told my Tyrell, look, don't play because I play play because you wanted to play. You love the game and and I'm with you, but uh, listen to your coach. Don't be looking at me. And when you coach, you know, he's coaching the team, you play for him and uh, he's the one who will control your time. So we had a great, we have a great relationship about it. And uh, I enjoy just watching him play. You
0: know, it's funny. I had my, my five-year-old made her first basket last week and I lost it. I jumped up the whole thing and I'm watching, I'm watching Greg Anthony they caught him on video watching his son hit the game winner, and he kind of gave yeah. it just like a little one of these. That was it, yeah. not much. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Do you go crazy when your son was playing? Do you keep it under control? What was your temperament like?
2: You know, you know, I, I had to – when he was in high school, he finished high school in, in Utah, and I was coaching there. So I everybody was watching me and watching him and watching me and watching him. Right. So I had to always kind of be aware that whatever happened – I didn't want to overshadow what he was doing on the floor so I kind of always tried to control it um but it it was fun I, it it ended up being really a great relationship and uh uh, through something that we enjoy doing, we both enjoy doing. I couldn't play anymore, but I could always still beat him because I could beat him up. So <laughs> that's <part was> what fun. <laughs> well, Ty, you, had a, you had a great time in Utah.
0: What, what a great run in Utah with the Jazz. And from what I know that Jeff Turner says about Carl Malone, I, I imagine better to be a teammate of his than to try to guard him. I would oh, imagine.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. You know, just a maniac worker. You know, he and Jeff and, and – uh, Horny and then and, and, uh, John, those guys, man, the way that they work and get ready for the game alone, led by, you know, of course, uh, Jerry Sloan was the one who drilled the whole whole team to be uh, uh, tremendous workers or responsible guys and, and uh, had great success because of, you know, those two guys and then coach as a the coach there. And it was fun being a part of that, that group. But Jerry
3: All right, Sloan, what talk? Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. You're probably going to ask the same question. I was just going to say, Uh, how did did the relate? I mean, you
4: obviously then spent a lot of time after your playing days, then coaching with and under Jerry Sloan. Like, how did that relationship start? I mean, obviously, as you had as a player under him, but how did that just kind of morph into what it what it ended up becoming, which was, was a long tenure with Jerry Sloan?
2: Uh, it was, you know, he was such a, a great, great man, first of all. Uh, just I've always had respect for him. Actually, his daughter, Kathy, went to DePaul as a women's basketball player for a couple of years before I left. And, and I, I met the family then. I, I kind of knew Coach from just basketball, and he played for for the Bulls for a while. And at the time, was coaching, actually. I coached in, in Chicago for a little bit. And then uh, to get traded there from Minnesota and the uh, – Build that relationship and just love how he approached the game. He's a direct, hard-nosed guy. Always about just do your job, come in and do your job, and and um, what wouldn't take nothing less than that. And I respected that he uh, liked the way I played. So when I became available to get a, a coaching job um, for him to give a call to say he wanted me to join the staff was tremendous, man. And I just learned and um, more about him as a person and on his staff and then to work for him as on his staff, as assistant coach, which I could have did forever. Uh, I just love working for him and being around him as much as he, he uh, would allow me to.
3: I was going to ask, kind of ask along those lines about Coach Sloan. And, you know, as a, a player that played against Jerry Sloan coach teams and then as a broadcaster just watching, I was always – it, it always seemed like nothing was too complicated, right? Like yeah. it was, you know, nothing, it, it wasn't a really complicated offense. It wasn't a complicated defense, but it was intense, right? And you just did the same things. I always marveled that it was like clockwork. You you knew when people were going to check into games. I've met not, you know, a lot of coaches mm-hmm. um, kind of play it by feel. That's the way I would do it. If a guy's yeah. hot, he's hot and he yeah. stays All on right. the court. But it seemed like Coach Sloan, you knew exactly when you were going in. This is, uh, to your point, just do your job. But he allowed you to do that.
2: Yeah, simple but detailed. You know, he was really a stickler on the details and going hard at everything you did. And, and if you did that, especially in his plays, they would open something else up, if not for you or for your teammates. And and uh, it was just it's, – it's really interesting. Even in today's game, if – if the players would set up a guy before they go, that little move to set him up frees up something or makes your route a little bit where you want it to be and not where they want it to be. And that's some of the little parts of the game that as talented as the players are today, we may be getting away from a little bit because they are so gifted in how they play the game. But he was such a stickler in the details and the hard work part of it. That you had to do that first, or you wouldn't be on the floor. You guys. i
1: an old school coach, right, Jerry Sloan. He he would be old school. Um, do old school coaches, so called old school coach? Jeff and I talk about this a lot. You know, players, mm-hmm. coaches. Um, Jerry Sloan, he was tough. Bill Musselman, they were tough guys. Um, does that work in today's NBA? Can you be can you be tough, hard nosed guy, and and still have the respect and the uh, the you know the players want to play for you?
2: I think it can. It's a personal. Re- Today's game is more based on a lot of personal relationships. These guys, where back in the day, now Jeff, I don't know, you didn't talk a lot to the head coach. They told you what they wanted to get done, and you would go out and try and give them that. There's a little bit more talking going on now. <laughs> why,
4: why is that though? Like, why is why why the change, Ty? Like, where do you think that comes from, and
2: why the change? I think it's a generation of young these kids now they all have an even young kids they have an opinion and they're gonna say it <laughs> when we were kids, your mom or dad or teacher or principal says something to you okay they're the principal teacher word. Worry. We're <laughs> going to it now. if you see little kids now, and they're spitting back at their parents. Like, geez, you're not going. <laughs> but that's how they grew up. <laughs> so right. you want them to kind of find their personality or whatever. But then again, at some point, there has to be some authority. So it's a, uh, especially at this level with with these guys, has been so successful. Uh, finding a way to reach them where they are is a huge part of being able to coach them. Like Ty
4: must have a camera in my house. That's how my three kids to go back to me. Like, I doesn't matter what I
2: say,
0: I'm just I'm just there. I'm
2: just, so so just at some don't... point you say, I, I, I go to that your mom, do it Yeah, <laughs> pass
0: it off. Talk to her. Talk to her. Oh, well, yeah. I, I'm looking at this, guys. How about this? So that 87-88 season, Ty Corbin plays 84 games, right? Wait, what? say of...
4: that again? 84. Yeah. 84
0: games, (laughs) got, got traded. So he got a couple extra (laughs) games Then the next few years. He goes 77, 82, 82, 80, 82, 82, 81. And then he took a couple of years off 71, 70, and 70. No
4: load management for Ty Corbin. Oh. No
0: load management no.
4: for him,
2: Ty. Was that Jeff was knows that Jeff you, know, if you miss somebody come in and play well, you lose your spot. I <laughs> so, say that all the time, right? Guys, don't I tell you that?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. yeah. These guys now, you talk about load management? No, I'm talking about keeping my job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: But I mean, how hard, how hard was it? Obviously, you gotta have good luck and you don't get hurt, but you know I'm major injury, but I know you had to been hurt playing all 82 games in a season.
2: Listen, you get past 25 or so games in an 82 game, you're hurt. I mean, you don't feel your best. <laughs> you just, you, you, there's a game. The schedule is the schedule. So I, I tell guys now, we, we would schedule our workouts in the summer or all season to play a 48 minute game. We didn't schedule to play 24. The game's 48 minutes. So you work out to play for 48 minutes. We never, in my even in my high school, man, my high school teams were so good that if you came out and the guy behind you played well, well, you might not get back in that day. So, so you're not <laughs> doing your no stuff so much you tired to take me out. No, man. <laughs> I'm not taking myself out of that, I'll tell you that. I need Ty Corbin to write a book. That's
4: all, it's gonna be a one chapter uh, book uh, it just says play, that's it. Play. I know. That's play. <laughs>
1: Play the game. I, think, I right. think
2: he does need a book. I think there's man. a book there, Ty. You got to do it. Uh, no, you
0: this certainly is playing, well, what enjoys you the most about – what do you enjoy the most about now still being in the game, coaching with Steve Clifford, this group? Uh, you got to know Orlando a little bit the last couple of years. What What do you still enjoy uh, about the game
2: here now? Well, first of all, Coach Clifford and the staff here is tremendous. The organization has been really, really refreshing to uh, come in and the organization, the – the way they go about doing their business has been really refreshing. Um, The players have have always just being around the young guys and trying to give back my knowledge or my little piece of the game and how I see it to them and to see them grow from year to year, uh, game to game, uh, different segments of the season where we may not start off well or we start out well and we hit a little bump like we just did and win a big game like last night, and to see the – the emotions change from like, man, we can't do this to, yeah, we got a chance now. So it's a fresh start again, right on the run, you're getting a fresh start. So um, that's fun to me to see them grow and then to see the game grow and keep, uh, keep getting better.
0: Well, I would think so. I, before this, before this group got here, you know, there hadn't been a whole lot of success getting to the playoffs and, and things like that. And you've kind of turned that around two straight years in the postseason. Do you feel that, is is kind of the guys are expecting and hoping and, and, uh, you know, expectation, try to get back to the playoffs every year now.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And coach Clifford does a great job of keep uh, refreshing, uh, uh, or reinforcing how we have to get better. And this season is a preparation for the playoffs. And you have to, first of all, do what you have to do to get there and then be ready when you get there to have a chance to succeed. So, All of what his thing is to do is to get ready for the playoff. And then he understands that all of us will be, um, you know, graded or or, or marked about how well you can do in the playoffs. And for us to get there the last two years from where they've been the previous six years has been good. But we want to win a series, you know. We want to get in there and win and keep getting better.
0: All right, Ty. Last thing I'll say is, you know, your first game uh, against the Magic uh, in Minnesota Jeff Turner held you to 36
3: and 19. <laughs> right so, good job, JT. If down. I played, I was matched up with Todd Murphy.
2: Todd <laughs> Murphy. <probably, laughs> <you know. laughs> <laughs> How
3: did <laughs> Todd tie, <laughs> tie Corbin? Oh, 36,
2: see, it, it, 19. It wasn't a lot of switches, so he had his guy. You,
0: yeah. had, your you guy. had your guy. In 47 minutes, he played in that game. 47 of the 48. Of course
4: he did. We already went over this. The guy plays 84 <laughs> games a year. 84 Come on, man. A All year. he plays is
2: 84 games a year. It's no big man, deal. Well, check the date and the temperature, and I'm looking at these guys. <laughs> i can't even go outside yeah yeah that's right hey, Dante, all right i appreciate it this was wait, great and
0: wait, before, always- wait
4: we don't don't let him go yet i got one more thing we got we yes. got to get to this i because i just learned it yesterday and he may not want me to, to say this but i'm going to do it anyway because i think it's safe did you guys know that Ty Corbin is a connoisseur of pancakes? Like he knows oh,
3: he's he's
4: very he's very particular. He's very wow. particular about his pan. I, I was standing in line to to get pancakes yesterday for breakfast, and Ty had there was a lot of rules involved. Ty didn't know there were so many. He had he had temperature, uh, texture. What what? Wow. Tell the guys oh, no. tell the guys what I learned yesterday about Ty Corbin oh, and pancakes.
2: I'm a big breakfast guy. I can eat breakfast any time of day, or you know, night. You know, I like breakfast and pancakes are one of my favorite things. So they, we have the breakfast yesterday, and the guys they do a great job on the road. All these hotels we go to of having these uh, um, hot plates and things to make pancakes and. I just can you know, everybody actually, you know, what's the pancakes like today? And I'm looking at them. So I like mine right off the grill. So, and I like to watch them put the batter on because they make them really small or thin or whatever. So I can kind of help the guys understand how to get a good pancake. Good what was that you. you
4: had a you had a whole slogan i don't i don't know if it was yours or somebody in your family you said it was like right off the what was it off the pot in, it's got to be hot or what was it off the grill on the plate in the face that's right
3: <laughs> <laughs> off the grill
4: off the plate and in your face otherwise it's too hard Dante if it's right. too hard you
0: can't chill that's them. great now George and i look hot. like we eat George and i look like we eat pancakes you don't yeah. how do you pull that off how do you- that's because
2: George I stays. Because
4: <laughs> I don't play 84 games a year. <laughs> That's right. One guy plays 84 games a year and, and he pancakes right off game. the plate. The other guy just sits on his butt in the, in the room. That's all he and does. He's still yeah.
0: training. He's still training to go all 82. That's for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. well. All right. I appreciate it, Coach. Good luck, rest of the way. This was a lot of fun.
2: Guys, thank you. It's been great, man. So forward to seeing you guys in an arena at some point. You know? Oh, I hope so. True, uh, this podcast yeah, presented to you by Kia. <laughs> Official vehicle of the
0: Orlando Magic.